0: Cheers. Uh, 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 <laughs> we're just going to work through the vibes. We're going to work through the vibes because there's a vibe. <laughs> Out of vibes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Happy October. Yeah. Um, we're in fall, people. It's definitely fall in Chicago. Is it the last quarter? When's like the last quarter? I think so. Mm. Today is October 10th and October is... Violence, month. yes, it is. It is. This, so, these are facts. Before I get going, welcome to Become She, where we are guaranteed to piss you off with yourself, make you think, and help
0: you grow. And Become She is a movement capturing the transcendental journey of the strong woman to the free woman, actualizing granting herself permission. Come on now to actualize her higher self. See, we forget, we forget. rewind. Back it up, back it up, back it up, back it up. <laughs> I don't know why my tongue I always it. ends up. I showed it. I love that we can laugh before episodes because this is about to be a deep one. It is. I think that's why we're trying to like get it out because we're going to have to go there.
1: So today's episode is titled She and the Rebirth. So we have a guest speaker yes, we do. today, and her name is Janessa Rivera. Um, in honor of Domestic Violence Month, both episodes this month will feature guests, and these guests reached out to us, which I still can't believe. Uh, like, it really, really blows
0: our minds, mm-hmm. um, the type of responses that we yeah. get, um, because we're just doing what we're doing, right? And not really... You know, we set our intentions with the mission of statement, of course, where mm-hmm. we're guaranteed to piss you off with yourself. But we never know how that's going to be received nope. and then reciprocated <laughs> to us. Yeah. So we are like ecstatic all the time anytime there's an email um, in our inbox and it might take us it might take us a minute to respond but please know that we see each and every you know message Um, we don't have a third party PR company Mm -mm. scanning our emails it's Nicole and Jess it's just us um, we're coming she and becoming free (laughs) working at full time jobs (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and having our respective families and yep. issues on the side. And Girl. still trying to be great Girl. out here. Still trying to be great. So thank you for being patient with us and just receiving us. Thank you, Nicolia, for that. I love that. Yeah.
1: So um, we're going to have two BWCs for this season. Brown Women Corners. Oh, don't forget about Brown Woman Corner because <laughs> um, we haven't. Um, <laughs> and just to remind you, Brown Woman Corner is something that we started... Just as a a space for brown women of excellence, doing their thing, whether it be businesses, shout outs, whatever it is. And we're highlighting both of our guest speakers um, because they are pretty powerful women with powerful stories. Um, (sighs) We've read their books. Um, So I'm going to go ahead and just read off um, Janessa. (laughs) Got some door movement. Just (laughs) going to read off Janessa's uh, bio so janessa rivera is a first-time author and owner of rebirth journey llc providing seminars and workshops on several topics of abuse in hopes to educate the community to prevent the repetition of the cycle of epidemic throughout future generations she is a graduate of william patterson university having studied sociology with a concentration in social services professionally she has worked in the social services field working with the low-income community in the human services field, including women who identified as domestic violence victims, survivors, for 10 plus years. Daily, she oversaw the domestic violence program and implemented new strategies to attain successful outcomes while working with the victims and providing them resources to prevent them from returning to harmful relationships. She has collaborated with various organizations and nonprofits to provide direct services to these communities, as well as being part of local advocacy groups held positions on executive boards, and been a volunteer to many projects and organizations in the South Jersey area. Before embarking on becoming an author and writing her memoir, Janessa used um, to contribute to Yandy Smith's Ooh, Ooh. I him up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. E-, <laughs> e magazine Everything Girls Love EGL blogging under the Love and Sex section for a little over a year, providing advice to readers from the point of view of a married professional working woman with kids. She anticipates using her personal journey as a learning tool. For not only the other women who have encountered abuse, but the family, friends that witness it and the professionals that encounter clients with these issues, whether in their past or present lives. Her goal is to provide education on these forms of abuse, prevention tactics and training to the community and advocacy for those who have already endured it.
0: That is a mouthful. That is and a bio. we need a whole like, that episode is... to unpack all of the things that she has done. No, well, we We're
1: about to call her up. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and so she will unpack
1: herself. So just to just to, before we give her a call, um, if you go on Becomeshe.com, on the podcast episodes page, there is a link to her website and her book, which we have read. Yes. And we'll be talking about today. And the name of her book is Rebirth Memoir, Journey to Acceptance. And yeah, we're just we're just gonna get into it because I got questions. Nicole,
0: I got questions. Yep, we're calling her right now, Janessa Rivera.
1: I'm excited.
2: Hello. <laughs> good morning. Hi, Janessa. Good morning. <laughs> How
1: are
0: you?
2: Good. Good. Good, as good as I could be on this jury Saturday football cheer all day morning.
0: I totally understand, and we so appreciate your time, your willingness to contribute to
2: our podcast. Thank you for reaching out to us again. No problem. I'm excited. I'm very excited. I love um, reaching out to different people and talking to them and educating them on different things that are going on and collaborating with them. Uh,
0: You know, you guys have a mission to spread awareness to your listeners um, through different platforms, and I do the same thing, too. Yes. Yes, you do, ma'am. And your book was amazing. We both read it. Um, Cover to cover, page to page. Yes. And highlighted some areas and wrote some notes in the margins. We just want to have a a
1: discussion, and we want it to be open, free. We could talk about whatever you want to talk about, but we do have some points that we want to discuss, too. Um, I don't know. So reading your book, I'm going to start off with this whole time. I'm thinking, Oh my gosh, this is my friend. And I just want, I just want her to like walk away. Like, I just want her to just, I don't know, just come to my house and like, yeah. let's talk about it and let's just, just have some wine and bring the kids over. Yeah. Like, I just wanted to like save her. That's mm-hmm. like what mm-hmm. I got from, from The entire, like, theme of the book. And the beginning of the book there is, like, an introduction. And I think your friend wrote it? I can't really...
2: Yes. And... Go
1: ahead. So the foreword...
2: So the foreword was written, and I penned... I used... I penned the name... I penned the name Little Miss Entertainment because that is her... um, That she's also a podcaster, and she's big in entertainment. Okay. Mm. And, um, I didn't want to use her real name, yeah. um, so I just used Little Miss Entertainment, but she's my best, she's one of my best friends, and she's been my best friend since fourth grade. Wow. So, um, not only, you know, what she's saying it from an outside perspective, she, mm-hmm. she, you know, she's the closest to me, um, outside of another best friend I had from fifth grade, and like you said, um, you guys just wish we could come in and take me in, and, Mm -hmm. You know, I have those friends. I have a very good network of friends. I'm very Mm family-oriented. It was by choice that I didn't tell anybody. It's not like I didn't have those options. And sometimes I did have those debriefing moments with them, you know, when I told them something minimal, like a regular argument. We had something very minimal. And, you know, we were debriefing and everything. But that was the first time that she got a glimpse of, Like, the actual, Mm. like, she always kind of knew something wasn't right, and Mm -hmm. in my whole relationship, they Mm -hmm. never, my ex-husband and her were never cool, Mm -hmm. ever, 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 ever. All my other friends called him bro, and he called everyone else this, but her and him, she... She never, ever Mm. really gelled with him, but for the sake of, she was always cordial. Yeah. You know, and she's the godmother of my children. She was the maid of honor at the wedding. Yeah. So for the sake of, you know, they kind of kept it cordial, but that was the first time she really got a glimpse, and she didn't even know as much as I thought she knew because, as you read, it was kind of muffled. She Mm -hmm. didn't know what was happening. So when we spoke, and I know the and read the book but actually if you go on Amazon and you uh, look up the book and you look at the eKindle version you'll be able to read her excerpt like a, a, a part of her foreword mm-hmm. so okay. they will not be able to understand what we're discussing um,
1: and that link is talking. on becomeshe.com yeah, just we're throwing, throwing that,
2: out that out there link there again for them. when she told me her point of view after we discussed it because I assumed she knew exactly what was going on right. and I'm like oh my god you didn't even know I said, this is really important, and I asked her, it was very personal for me, and I asked her, would you be willing, because I never wrote a book before, I didn't know, I had to, you know, search what parts are in a book, like, how do you do it, and I thought it was very crucial to put that in there, because I wanted the readers to understand, from all the different dynamics and dimensions, that people see this, you know, mm-hmm. from my point of view, from a family's point of view, yeah. and um, the the recap that I wrote after each chapter was from a counselor, therapist point of view because I'm a therapist and a counselor by training, So um, it was important wow. that they saw all the different points of view because these things happen to everybody. Yeah. yeah. Um, n- not the stigma, you know, not the single mom, not the girl Mm -hmm, that mm -hmm. was raised in a single household, not Mm -hmm. the girl raised in the hood or urban or a minority girl or a young girl or a Mm -hmm. girl with daddy issues or a girl with mommy issues. That's why um, I thought it was really important. I'm educated. I'm professional. She's educated. She's professional. So she had a friend that went through this. I was the friend that went through this and I thought it was important to show all the different points um, in there. So I thought it was.
0: It was a good key to the book, and I'm glad you ladies enjoyed it. We did. Yeah. We did. Um, I know Jessica has, like, these formal questions because that's just who Jessica is. (laughs) I'm more the intuitive, like, let me throw this out there because this is how I was feeling. But it's interesting that you mention how your best friend did not gel with him because reading this book, it conjured some... Um, some things and conjured some old uh, kind of you know feelings inside of me because I too was in an emotionally psychologically abusive relationship and it's so funny how we tend not to term certain things or put language to certain things because sometimes it scares us to even think this is what it is right and so reading this book kind of Um, brought me back to a place in college and it was so funny how many parallels as I was reading this book how many parallels I began to draw between the emotional and um, psychological abuse that I endured in college um, with a man who was older than I was Um, so when you mentioned about the best friend not rocking with him Mm -hmm. I too had a best friend at the time who was not rocking with him so I'm not going to get too much into it just yet because I'm going to let Jessica, you know, continue with her point of inquiry. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but just know, we the same, girl. We the same. So thank you for it writing this a, book. so
2: many of us. It yes. so many of us. And that's why, and it's so many of us that are not going to therapy, not going to counseling, mm-hmm, not going girl. to, because guess what? I'm in the field and I'm not going to go. I'm not going to go to the support group. I'm not. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm telling you now. But, the same way us educated women we don't go to the doctor every time something happens we google it mm-hmm. i know that when <laughs> things happen we self diagnose right i know when things happen we read on our own in the privacy of our own house and the That's privacy right. of our own comfort so i mm-hmm. wanted to make something a self-help book that when a girlfriend is like something's crazy and she's Google's and searches it up and comes across my website. Yeah, comes, comes across any of the media or the interviews I've done. Comes across my IG page or comes right. across my book. Yeah, she can self-diagnose. She can read. She can heal. She can research because every just like in the classroom, uh, everyone learns a different way. Yep. In life, everyone learns a different way. True. And Therapy is great, but it's not for everybody. You mm-hmm. know. So I wanted to be another outlet, and that's that's how. I promote my book. It's a self help book to help
1: you heal. That's
2: amazing. You don't. Have, you could do it in the comfort of your own home. Yeah. Which is why I also made it a quick read because mm-hmm. you might not be a reader and you don't want to read 200 pages of stuff. You know, yeah. it, it was a very quick read.
0: It was. It was. But it packed a punch, though. Several punches.
1: Okay, so with my methodical self, um, <laughs> <laughs> in the forward. Your friend mentions never stop telling your friends the truth over and over again. And for me personally, I struggle with balance, telling my friends what I believe their truth to be or what I believe the truth is. And I think sometimes we have to be, I guess, be careful because sometimes people, sometimes people are not ready to hear the truth or ready to hear what you have to say. Right. And I guess if I, as a woman, and I, I noticed that uh, a man or woman, whoever, is going through anything similar that you went through, any form of abuse, and you so eloquently listed in your book all the different forms of abuse, because it's not just physical, you did. right? Yes. Yeah, it's um, important. Big, big thing for our community
2: to understand. You don't have to be walking around in a great or with blue right. going for it to be abused.
1: Right. And But is it... Is it too much to tell that friend or that person every day, every week? Because I I fear I don't want to shut someone out to where they can't be open with me. I don't know. It's hard.
2: I I think, and you know, my background is in social work, sociology, human services. I've done a lot of different things.
1: So
2: I'm speaking now from a professional standpoint, and and then I'll speak from a personal standpoint. Okay. Um, Professionally... You always want to be, you know, we, we all have the duty to warn and the duty to protect. So as a professional person, if I feel anyone that I'm talking to, my client or not, is in harm harm's way from themselves or putting other people in harm's way, in my background professionally, I have to say something. If not, I am uh, liable for that. Okay. So mm. I use that in the everyday sense. Because you never want to be the one who knew last and didn't say anything. Because, God forbid, somebody gets murdered. Guess who's on the witness stand? Being asked a thousand questions to find out Mm -hmm. were you an accessory you didn't know, so on and so forth. So, number one, I do think we should report or talk to our friend when we see something is wrong, just Mm -hmm. from that standpoint, because we should do that as a rule of thumb for everything, everywhere. Now, this is where perception and discretion comes into. So, personally speaking, we all have relationships, uh, friendships, family, interpersonal relationships with people. And, and we need to be adult and understand what role that person plays in our life and what role we play in their life, mm-hmm. okay? So, if you say you're going to be somebody's best friend, ace, boon, ride or die, in my opinion, my close friends know what i expect in a friendship and right. vice versa and when we get older we should clearly whether it's a work relationship a family relationship whatever we should clearly state our expectations from both sides and our standards right yeah. because if we do that it's easier for us to walk away instead of being in an unhealthy friendship relationship unhealthy work environment because. If you're transparent about your expectations and that other person is transparent about their expectation and standards, as soon as the line slurs, you have one of two things to do. Either resolve it or walk away because you don't agree and you'll never resolve it, right? Yeah. So in a friendship, all my friends know, I need you to always be my best, best friend. You, I, I always want my friends to tell me whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I might be upset and I need them yes. to know how I am. I need them to know me, right? You know I'm going to be mad. You know I need 48 hours to process it. You know (laughs) I don't need you blowing me up, but I need you to say something. Because two months later, if you don't say anything, I feel betrayed.
0: Yes.
2: Everyone's not like that, but you need to know the person you're in a relationship with. And when I say relationship, I mean friendship, Mm -hmm, family, mm -hmm, work. mm -hmm. You need to know you have an obligation to serve them the same way they have an obligation to serve you. So wow. a lot of people when you don't communicate what your expectations and mm-hmm. standards are, that's when you don't know. You will on edge up. My girlfriends know I expect this. My yeah. girlfriends also know I'm going to do what I want to do. Mm-hmm. So I expect, them, right? I expect them to tell me, but not to beat me over the head with it. Tell yeah, me got you. what you see. They know I'm very logical. Right. They know I'm a problem solver. They know I'm a book, I think about things, I'm an observer. They know I'm analytical, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Just like I know my friend, mm-hmm. my other friend's non confrontational. I'm going to tell her. But I know she's probably not going to address it, but I'm yeah. going to tell her. Period. You see what I'm saying? Yep. I'm period, yeah. Point blank and period. I don't want her to ever say, I didn't have her back or I chicken chose one to right. have her back. Because right. guess what? You can't say that about me. I'm very right. consistent in work. I'm a consistent mom. I'm a consistent volunteer. And I'm a consistent friend. <laughs> Come yeah. on. So that's my Come thing. On, if yeah. I walk around saying, I'm a consistent friend, I can't pick and choose. I can't not tell you because you are gonna get mad at me. Oh, okay, bingo. They come on now. get mad at me too, right? Anything you do, mm-hmm.
0: if you're a boss,
2: your employees are gonna get mad at you. You're mm-hmm. a sibling. You're
0: Comes with the territory. Get yeah. mad at you. Come on. So does that
2: mean you don't say? Come on. No.
1: And if you get, you better mad, preach this
0: word on today, on Bishop Janet. Uh, uh, it means you. It means you take
2: the feedback they tell you. Maybe what you said, you said it at the wrong time. Okay, now timing is, is important. Maybe your delivery was wrong. Okay. Most of the time, people are not mad at you telling. That's they're right. They're mad at how you told, that where is you right. told, who was around when you told yep. And you need to listen to their feedback when That's they're right. not in an emotional state because... They're not saying, don't tell. They're saying, watch how you tell. And that's how we grow. You Girl! See what I'm so, whenever I got mad at my friends, it wasn't because, it was how you told me. Did you disrespect me in the process, telling me I'm dumb? I don't want to hear wow. that. Wow, yeah. It was, did you do it in mixed company? You're my mm. best, best friend. We got five friends, but you my best, 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 best friend. Don't tell me in front of the other one. Come on now. Because you, know, you, you
0: know I don't, don't fuck with her. her.
2: You, know, you I know I don't <laughs> fuck with her. You told me via text. Girl, you know, like...
0: Where so we going to Jersey, Denver. Jessica? Where we going to Jersey? I mean, well,
2: listen, I was in Chicago and I'm going to come back because it was all the way lit.
0: You all the way lit. That's why it was all the way lit.
2: I think what it comes down to, and this is where the professional and personal, personal me goes, it's yes. Should, you should always tell mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. you're going to feel bad if you Not. don't and yeah. something
0: happens. Yes, ma'am. Right? Wow.
2: And legally, you may be into something if you don't. That's first and Yikes. foremost. Yeah. But personally, you have to know what are your triggers and what are your friends' triggers. And when you tell, you should take that into consideration.
0: Come on now. Come on, that was a word. That was thorough. Like was- all corners, Southeast, Southwest, <laughs> Northeast, <laughs> well, Northwest. You, you know, know, you're a clown. She's she- a though. <laughs> Let, <laughs> Let me find out.
1: You know what? There's one thing you said in the book and I, I so appreciate, well, the, I appreciate everything in the book, but one thing in particular, you disputed this having anything to do with daddy issues. Because yes. so often we we're do. like, "Oh, what's your daddy issue?" Like mm-hmm. you don't yes. have to have daddy issues to have, right? And I, 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 I don't know. I just really appreciated that because I don't really see that too often in literature. So to where not. you're saying, "No, that's not what it is."
2: You know, I wanted to be very clear and transparent. And my dad read this book after it came out. No one in my family knew what was happening wow. and, until the book came out. Right. Wow. So, uh, and and I had a conversation with my dad. I said, tell me honest opinion of how you feel, right? And he did, and he gave me his honest feedback. So, I had um, Little Miss Entertainment uh, read the book. Because her background is in communication and marketing and Mm -hmm. professionally she works in education as a senior level manager, and then she has her podcast. So she does this, right? She does the contracts and everything. So I wanted her to read it from that perspective, and then I had another friend of mine from college who was in political science and dealt, deals a lot with contracts and reading. And she's um she's a writer. She pens her stuff. She does poems. I wanted her to read it as far as um how it flows, right, from a reader's mm-hmm, perspective. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. I had them that they were my editing team because I trust them. And professionally, because I know that they can't write, yeah. and um, hmm. um, not that I, not that I'm saying it's the most grammatically sound thing, because I wanted to write it real, like if, as if of I'm course. talking to you. I want you to, I want you to feel like I'm in the room talking to you. right? Yeah. Um. So when I was writing it, my, my best friend, Little Miss Entertainment, at little at Little, little Miss ENT, so uh, you guys know. Um. As I was doing it, she said to me. Um, I think you need to talk more about your dad and the relationship you had with your dad. Now, I heard her, but I didn't agree with her because what she meant was I wasn't close with my dad in my teenage years. But I said to her, I don't want people to get the wrong impression that Mm -hmm. I wasn't close with him at all. Many young ladies Mm -hmm. are not close with their father in their teenage years. This is like a biological thing. Mm -hmm. This Mm -hmm. is like environmental because... We are going through puberty, and then the dad is looking at you, and he wants his daughter to be, uh, you know, straight late, Virgin Mary, mm-hmm. and we're not mm-hmm. here for that. Mm-mm. So, um, a lot of people go through that, and, I, and I, I wanted to make the distinction where I want people to know how close I was with my dad, but naturally... We went through not being as close, not because he didn't do anything as a father, but Mm -hmm. because it was growing pains from a female, a young lady becoming a woman, and a father who's scared of what type of woman she's going to become because of the women he's encountered, right?
1: Right.
2: Um, And then, to say now, in all my interviews, my dad is like my best friend right now, like BFF. (laughs) <laughs> and I do not 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 tell him anything anymore because he made it very clear. First and last. One and done. Don't you do this again. No. Dad. That's dope. Won't do that no more. You know, he be sharing all my stuff on Facebook. He be commenting on all my stuff. <laughs> you know, my dad is out there. Like, he's, you know, he's part of the street team. Calling yes, him the President Man Club. Dope. Yes, that's So, yes. it's very important because, yes, I was very close to my dad. I don't have daddy issues. Did I grow up with some insecurities Because, you know, my dad worked too much, and I don't feel like he was very affectionate. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but that's normal. We all do. We all have insecurities. That's normal, and and I wanted to convey that. But there's a difference between daddy Mm issues and growing pains when you go through different stages in your life and how people in your life uh, become closer or further away to you based off of how you're growing and if they're going to grow with you or not. And I wanted to be very transparent to say it's okay because that's what we were close. We weren't close and now we're close again. And that's the life cycle. People need to understand that you go through multiple stages and you might come back or you might not. It's yeah.
0: okay. Mm-hmm. Dope. Wow. That was, that was a good question. Thank you. I,
1: no, because I, I don't know. I just, I we do tend to think that, you know, I'm going to take it personal because right now my fiance and I are in couples counseling. And everybody's know, Jessica, who knows Jessica, she can cut off someone real quick. And my counselor is like, let's talk about your dad. I'm like, this ain't no damn daddy issues, bruh. Like, that's just who I am. It's not not it's everything not. is a daddy issue. It's not.
2: And, and maybe it's something that you learn in relationships you and, know. you know not being able to be close with your dad so you don't know how to be close with men, but it's not necessarily daddy issues, you know, mm-hmm. because men and women friendships. I had two best guy friends, and I had two best female friends and a, and a slew of, of other close friends. The way I talk to my two best guy friends have been my best guy friends forever, and I love their fiancés like my sisters and their kids on the PT you know, and my kids call them uncle. The way I talk to them is definitely not the way I talk to my girlfriends. You right. So they're they're so my they're my guys. I've known them for over twenty years, but I still don't talk to them the same because they're gonna be like, okay, you complain it. They don't understand they're not programmed the same way. The relationship's not gonna be the same, even though they're the closest to me from my my father and my son. You see what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. So we have to understand that, Um and it's not always daddy issues. And I was here to stick up for all the girls saying, yo, stop putting me in
0: that category. It's not daddy issues. It's not. Let's let's talk about, since you brought daddy into the situation, let's talk about the support network because I thought that it was amazing as you were, you know, planning your escape as you mentioned in the book and talking about really um, coming out of this, how much support you had around Mm -hmm. um, to help transition that. And And then thinking about my own journey because I was reading this book thinking about the relationship that I was in in college. I met this guy um, my the end of my freshman year, that summer. So I was going into my sophomore year of college, um, fresh, you know, in Chicago. Because I was born and raised in Gary, Indiana. So um, didn't want to go back to Gary. Wanted to stay in Chicago. And I met this guy. And I was smitten. And I can honestly say that it was daddy issues for me. Even though it wasn't for yeah. you. And yeah. he was had to be about 10 years older than I was. And wow. the, my best friend was like, I don't like him, period. But she was kind of like that with all the guys I dated. She was really over overprotective um, because yeah. I was naive, very emotional and naive and mm-hmm. kind of gullible. Yeah. So, um, but anyway, fast forward, um, I saw some of the red flags and you mentioned that in your book too, about on yeah. page 17. Um, he called his mother by her first name. He did yeah. not have any positive relationships or friendships with yeah. women Only ones he was intimately involved with. And when I tell you that thing stuck with me because... When you evaluate people, this is not necessarily even lovers or boyfriends, when you evaluate people and their relationship readiness, it would behoove you to Mm -hmm. look around to see what type of relationships they value and they cultivate because you are not exempt. And had I known that in my 19-year-old mind, I didn't, you know, I wasn't looking for that. I was looking for a daddy. I can honestly say that, which is why... You know, he... And he wasn't the best-looking guy. My God. He wasn't the best Sometimes look, and I you reevaluate, him. And honey. I've been fine. And I... Girl, anyway, that's a whole other podcast. I, I say,
2: no, <laughs> you know but what, and what you say? you <laughs> say that. I said to
1: my fiancé last night, you ever just look back and think about <laughs> the people you let around you and in you and all of it? Like, Ooh, what yeah, the hell?
0: You be now, looking around. side girl, eye on yourself. Anyway, now, so... Yeah.
1: <laughs> that's a whole nother episode.
0: <laughs> so, when you talked about those red flags, and as I began combing through my relationship with this guy. I'll name him Mike. So Mike never had good relationships with women. It was a cynicism, right? And he had a very horrible relationship with his mother. I mean, he, he definitely had mommy issues, like a deep distrust. Of Women and just thinking about the nature of our relationship. I had friends in college telling me like anytime you are not with him He was blowing my phone up and this is the time before cell phones really became like widespread So my dorm phone I was always on the phone I'm like I need to study and my friends are watching this and literally telling me Mm -hmm. this is problematic I had a professor pull me to the side So my friends were like really advocating for me because I couldn't see it. I was in a haze, right? Um. Yeah. So having that support network was crucial, and also being able to see after getting out of it, I realized I, I was able to see the red flags, but they were always there. But when you're in mm, it, they always you don't there. see them flags waving like
2: NASCAR flags in or front you of you, or you see
1: them and you ignore <laughs> them. That could be a, a I, I thing too. I, I, I don't
2: say that you don't see it. I say you excuses for it. Yes, right. that's what I hear. And I right. tell I tell my son, my brother guy frame this all the time. And I think, you know, one thing about us women, it doesn't matter what woman, we always think, and I love my women because I, I like my women, but mm-hmm. we always think we're the exception. We it do. Come
1: on now. We it do. We matter. can change
2: it, it. We can change it around. It doesn't matter. Yeah. It, it, you know, the, uh, being a sister, it doesn't matter if it's for how we cook or how we bake. You know, some of you like, I don't like mac and cheese. But like, well, you ain't never had my mac and cheese. We always think Girl. we need we, For whatever reason, not even just in a relationship, anything. Girl. Or, you know, I don't like going there. Well, you didn't go with me. It's going to be fun with you. But know, we always think we're going to make it different. Because yeah. we think that we're, we have an element of, mm-hmm. of, 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 of magic, I guess, within us. Which is a novelty. To it's great. It's great to be like that. Mm-hmm. You want to think that you're different. However, we need to be transparent with ourselves and say, "Guess what? Everyone doesn't drink. You're different, so mm. they're not going to
0: appreciate
2: your different." You see what I'm
0: saying? I, girl, I know. Going my know, like my, is, is my is mind, my mind. If that's their thing, your sex game so. ain't that good, sis. Hang it up. <laughs> Hang it
2: yes. up. Yes, for real. So for I me, I was like. Um, he ain't never had a me, So I'ma let him know I ain't the one the and this ain't gonna happen again. And the funny thing is, everything that happened, it never happened again. Because it was it was always different. It escalated. Yeah. So then it was hmm. a little bit of a a, a distorted uh, it distorted my reality because here I am telling myself and my friends, well, he got one time because he's human. And he, he, everybody makes mistakes, but he ain't going to do it again. And I laid the law and I told him if he don't do it again, but he does something similar, but mm. it's different. So now, like to me, I'm like, well, he didn't do it again.
1: Yeah. He
2: did something else. So even though you see the red flag, you're like, well, he never repeated the same red flag twice. Excuses. And then you start making Excuses. all these additional exclusions. And yeah. you're like, girl, how much small print are you going to make? You went from one line to a paragraph. It's and
1: a that's contract. what whole
2: did. Small did, yeah. So
0: can I read, can I read an excerpt to kind of tie into these exclu- exclusions and, Please you know, yes. little clauses we put yes. in the contracts of our lives <laughs> yeah. um, on page, let me see what page on page 19 of the book. When you purchase, um, Ms. Rivera says too often women are manipulated into thinking that their desires are unrealistic and their standards are too high. When in reality, those desires and standards are customized to you and should serve as a vetting process. Come on now. To eliminate anyone who doesn't align with your beliefs and ideas. When I tell you I want to throw the book on the wall, come on now. Most I of the times we you. cheat ourselves out of our own yeah. standards, and that's yeah. the vetting process. Yeah. You letting all these Kavanaughs in, girl. When Kavanaugh was never supposed to come on, that's a whole nother podcast. Girl. Go ahead, Miss Rivera. Can you unpack that uh, phrase for us? Nicole is waving the book in the oh. hand just so
1: we know, like she in church, like a tambourine. That's what she's doing right now. So the
2: thing is, everyone who knows. Uh, connection after now you know because i was a little a hothead. i'm puerto rican you know i'm spicy and i'm from the north so come on so like, spicy, ready to right? we go zero to 100 real quick right so that's why and, we vibe know, so mm-hmm. the, um, <laughs> the mother in me reverse self healed a little calmer me said, you know everyone knows my favorite phrase is if we're not equally yoked please i'm good love enjoy like see you Wow. And that goes for everything. And mm-hmm. people, a lot of people don't understand what equally yoked means. And I That's never true. define, that please
0: define for our audience. Become I, I never say
2: that to mean you're not as good as me. By All I'm saying is, and you know, not that if you look it up in Google, this is the exact definition, but I'm going to make it relatable for everybody. Equally yoked means one individual has to understand so me for example I have to understand what's my expectations my norms my standards right mm-hmm. and I have to find someone who equally believes in those standards expectations norms and morals that's what makes you equally yoked. Wow. you should only have relationships friendships family interpersonal yeah. uh, personal relationships with people that are equally yoked <laughs> why I'm not don't attract what i'm saying is when it gets down to the core into the soul mm-hmm. why because then you won't have to worry about this guy who looks good on paper but disrespect you because guess what he would never disrespect you if he believes that that what he yeah. does is disrespectful yeah. the problem is when he you believe talking to other women is disrespectful and he only believes having sex with them is disrespectful you guys have two different yes. values and morals yeah and one of you are always going to compromise Either he's going to compromise or yep. you're going to compromise. And mm. guess what? Compromise only works when you're in good terms with someone. When you're mad at people, you do not compromise because you're like, F you, F that, I'm Girl,
1: try that. me, try but me. When, <laughs> you're mad,
2: but when you're mad, you still believe in your values. Yes. You don't stop that.
0: No, not at so all. So if
2: you meet someone mm-hmm. and, and, and they have equal values as you, then mm. that's what being equally yoked is, right? Yeah. So I tell people, it's not crazy for you to want what you want. You have to understand you may you may have uh slim picking, but you ha- like for example, if I go out and I say I want someone who gives me purple cupcakes every day, that's crazy as heck. But guess what? The one person that doesn't think it's crazy, guess what they gonna do? They're gonna give me purple cupcakes every day. And if I say if I say very confident in that saying I deserve purple cupcakes and I only mess with people that believe that I deserve purple cupcakes I'm never going to have to write a 20 page text to my man for not bringing me no cupcakes let alone purple cupcakes because he that man is going to say you're asking for too much but that's my fault he never thought I deserved cupcakes anyway you see what I'm saying so I'm I'm, I'm making myself upset so to go back to us um, Having expectations and and setting those standards, it's important. You need to know what's your wish list and yeah. what's your mandatory need. Yeah. Before, you man before you meet Absolutely.
1: the man or the woman, before you meet the man or the woman, make I, that I, commitment to, a to self.
2: Absolutely, you have to. It's not conditional, it, and we do this. It's not conditional based on how good the person looks, what they offer. You know, yeah. from the risk, what is going to work for you? If you know you have an issue, um, you know, with, uh, if you're very, very jealous, then Mm. you shouldn't be dating anybody in the entertainment field. You shouldn't be dating an athlete. You shouldn't be dating someone that they have to be around other women. You know
0: that. Late nights out at the studio. Because I have have a husband, uh, Janessa, who is definitely... Another lonely night. (laughs) I have a husband who's an artist. So when you mentioned this whole artist piece about him doing music, I was like, girl, we need to go to Jersey. Another lonely night. And listen, everyone, my girlfriend,
2: uh, my best friend, you know, uh, Lulman Entertainment, she's in the business. So she would sometimes, mind you, she doesn't gel with him. She would advocate for him because she's in... She's in entertainment. Mm-hmm. So she would tell me like you're bugging. That's normal entertainment yeah. stuff. And and I'm not in entertainment. I've always worked the eight to four, nine to five weekends mm-hmm. off, um, evenings only if you gotta do extra work or you're meeting a deadline. <laughs> right. And I always got every uh national holiday off. Come you know, on that's now. me. So, Come on now. that's so my schedule right the now. The entertainment world sure. is different, right? Is. And you work holidays and you work late and you're out with everyone and you're with women and men. And to it's me, true. I said, uh uh-uh. uh. And I had to understand. It is unfair for me to say to somebody else, you're not allowed to do what your passion is and and what you like to do because I'm uncomfortable with it. I should tell myself, don't even mess with someone who does that because you guys are Mm, always going to be on opposite sides of the Mm, fence because you don't have the same mind frame. Then you're going to force him to either settle and compromise or he's going to force you to settle and compromise. We're both going to be mad. It's not going to be consistent because right. when you're forced to do something, it's never consistent. And then that's where resentment comes in. Sure and this does. is a lot of the things I learned from myself. So when I say, and no shade because, um, you know, the funny thing is my, the, my husband actually is a coach and he's here as we speak right now, like on the field, he coaches. Right. So I, I see him all the time and and no shade to him. But we probably should have never even been dating. We didn't have enough in common. Yeah. But I didn't know that at 18. You see what I'm saying? Right, it
0: locks in early. That's something I wanted to mention, too. When I met uh, Mike, I'm going to say Mike to protect the, you know, anonymity. Um, But, yeah, like the psychic hooks and I, and, I, and that's a question because I know we have to wrap it up but that was a question like do you think that it was, it was more or less you met at the wrong time because sometimes people can put their psychic hooks in you at an age where you don't you know not even
1: age a space yeah a space where, where, where you
0: don't get to really develop and mm-hmm. you know hit certain milestones emotionally because they've put their psychic hooks in you you're right at a, at a space in your life because mm-hmm. I was 19 and I look back and wonder how my soul made it oh, because because I never would have chosen him. Yeah. In my right mind. You know? Yeah, and sometimes so, people
1: see that vulnerability yes. too, Nicole. It's not all about you, you, you. I did this to myself. Yeah. I mean, you, you do do it to yourself in a sense, but they know that this, is this girl pickings. is vulnerable. I can do whatever I want with yeah. her I, and she ain't going to leave and whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So I can't
2: speak for him, um, nor do I ever try to speak for him, but what, what I will for is myself because Mm -hmm. um, in these interviews and what I want to teach women is uh, we need to stop going around and blaming and start taking accountability for where you messed up because whether you leave that guy there's going to be a hundred other guys that are going to approach you and you don't want to mimic or duplicate any of the things you did. So we need to take accountability. And to mm-hmm. answer this, I'm going to take accountability that I got into something with him when I was not emotionally ready and I was very vulnerable mm-hmm. and it came, it came from a bad place. And so if I can briefly just say, the day I met him, which was in a club, <laughs> I was 18 and I actually had a boyfriend and my boyfriend was M-I-A hadn't heard from him in like two weeks. Uh, but his friends, my old boyfriend's friends were at the club and I wanted to get something for them to go back and tell their boy about so that he could like hit mm-hmm, me up. Right? Mm-hmm. I wanted to be acting up and mm-hmm. acting out. So I was winding extra hard, dancing <laughs> extra hard, doing the most. In That's front what of
1: call twerk. My
2: <laughs> right, right, just before twerk was out. So, um, <laughs> This is, you know, this was me, and I was like, oh, oh, he tried to, to go M.I.A. on me? Oh, no, I'm going to have his boys uh, hit him up like, yo, she out here mm-hmm. doing the most so he could hit me up, and that's wrong of me, very young-minded to think, but that's how I went, he was ignoring me, and I needed the attention, and I was doing something negative to get that attention, and that's what I did, and guess what? One of the people that I danced with was the gentleman who is now my ex-husband. Yeah. yeah, and uh, you know that's how we met, and we exchanged right. numbers, and right. I exchanged numbers in front of the group of friends just so they can say, "Yo, she out here giving her number." So when I did that, my my ex—he never. Matter of fact, we we, we basically stood together because he ne- we never broke up. He never called me to break up. Okay, <laughs> so this was twelve years. We're like we're like sixteen years in. We technically never broke up. So, um, <laughs> he never answer- he never called me again. So I'm feeling like OMG. I'm feeling rejected. You know what I mean? But here goes this other yeah. guy trying to talk to me and I instead of dealing with the rejection from the one man, I'm packing that yep. from the next man. And you know what? He wasn't even my type that night because mm. he called me before I even crossed the bridge. And I'm like, he thirsty? He even ready I to know me. I read
0: that girl. I was like, eh? And I
2: we talked because I was bored and I needed I needed a void filled and yeah, he filled that mm-hmm. void and what happened? I can't say that he knew and, and I can't say that yeah. he, that's what he meant to do but I know that I allowed a lot of that to happen and I opened the door. So it was a perfect storm. Know, yeah, right, if accepting. he didn't know and he did it on purpose, I allowed the door to be open because he could only do what I allowed and I allowed it. That's I right. allowed him to make me be vulnerable longer than I should have because had Mm -hmm. I dealt with the rejection on my own I would have been good in a couple of months versus this drug out drug Mm -hmm. out to someone else who I stayed with for Mm -hmm. 11 years
0: okay but he was
2: he was the next person in essence he was the rebound from from the boyfriend that never broke up with me that's how that story goes and I had to take accountability for that and I saw my daughter my niece the young ladies in my life, the young ladies and the women that I educate, mm-hmm. you have to take accountability for the things that you did because um, perception is key. And everyone can consider themselves a victim in any situation.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: When do you consider yourself a thriver? You know? Miss
1: mm-hmm. so, Rivera. Yeah, Jonathan, Um Thank you for... Being open and
0: sharing your story. And owning. And owning. I, yes. Speaking Every of Every line of your story you've owned. Every period, semicolon, colon. I want to end with a
1: quote um, on page 56. And it says acceptance and i think this is a perfect way to end the situation because it's dope acceptance is about you letting your guard down with yourself and having to ask and answer some of those most crucial yet sensitive questions in order to understand how you got to where you are and what are things to try and avoid next time and that is dope that is so miss rivero um We will be seeing you in Jersey or Chicago, whatever we're gonna figure it out. We yes.
0: are yes, we're friends now. We, I, I gotta that. get my freakum dress if you like some wine like that. Yes, girl, girl, get girl, my good spanks, Get my girl. girdle you together.
2: the guy's laying down and he's like i'm just waiting for the what you doing text and he has the whole <laughs> outfit like ready to go that's me i'm just waiting
0: for the girl what you doing and i'm like doing it out it's already ironed
2: see
0: out, <laughs> in the garment bag in the- yes. <laughs> <I zip. laughs> mm-hmm. well judessa we'll be in touch thank you thank again you so, much. so much you are such thank an epitome you. of what you know survival looks yes like and, sounds and like. thriving you, yeah you're i think you're past and i love the way you leave the book open-ended like your journey is not over yeah now get to yours like get to your journey mm-hmm. like thank yes. you for inviting Absolutely. us to live out our journey
2: thank you thank you ladies i really appreciate you no to other me. ladies of different aspects and you know um, different communities and different backgrounds because I think it's important because you guys have friends and sisters that yes. you now can preach the word to yep. and yourselves and nieces or you know young ladies and and that's what we need we need advocates that are that look like us yes
0: so yes. that
2: we can help us no yes. one has our back the way we have yes. our back right. and, yes and that's my most important message to everyone, you know. Mm -hmm. It's like each one teach one and you need to reveal in order to heal. Because people need to hear the story. If they don't hear the story, they're not gonna know where their story starts and ends. And actually, um on my Instagram page, which I know you guys are gonna have all this stuff and on my Facebook page for October, which is Domestic Violence Awareness Month, I'm doing thirty one days of Reveal to Heal. And every day I'm posting up a question that someone has asked me and I'm answering it very transparently because I know it's important to reveal my story in order for somebody else who's not ready to tell theirs to get the message. That's
0: dope. Give us your handles. Give us your Facebook handles, your Instagram handles. We have your link to the book on our site, but yeah.
2: So on Facebook, I have a page. So it's The Rebirth Journey. Um, I do most of my social media through Instagram, even though my Facebook is is updated. So my Instagram is at rebirth underscore journey, and it's open. Everything is open. I do have a Twitter. I don't really go on Twitter, but it's also at rebirth underscore journey, and I need to do better with the Twitter. Um, Accountability. And uh, I do have my website. Can go, you can go through my web you can go to my website if you go to my Instagram mm-hmm. and you go to the um, link that I have on my Instagram you'll be able to see my website and on my website it has all the media pictures of events i've done podcasts gotcha. i will be uploading your your guys uh on there when it comes out yes. and anything that i've done and all my upcoming events that i have because i do speak at national conferences and i have uh, three coming up in november and one coming up in june and a couple more that are pending
0: perfect you're amazing thank you so much for sharing with us today and giving us tools yep and we will definitely we'll be in touch, girl. I got your number. You can get with me. Thank you. Yes,
2: yeah, y'all got the number. <laughs> got y'all, the digits. got the email. So we're gonna be setting it up, at maybe one time when we're all together, we can do like a vlog. Omg, so, you know, we're all hanging out. That would be fun. You know, I'll go
0: live in a, in a second.
2: In a second. Me too, girl. That's why I was like, are we going to be on um, FaceTime or not? Because I have my curls juicing. <laughs> Come
0: <laughs> on. You know, I'll still
1: call. Hey, girl, where the girls <laughs> at? We'll call you yes, after we finish recording. Moment. How about that?
2: Yes. Yes. So, listen, we I am all in.
0: So, Thank you, you know, ma'am.
2: Everyone knows we're soul sisters now. And oh. we just started our new journey and our friendship. Yes, we did. Because we both have the same purpose. And that is to educate the world and advocate... And Especially, you know, help women. And yes. we you know, we're gonna
0: do it together yes. now that we're with. I love it. I do. Thank you so much, Janessa. We'll Have fun at soon. this game with your mom Thank and I we're gonna come Thank we gonna call to see these girls. Okay All right. <laughs> bye bye. Bye bye. Well that was dope. All um, these women that have come through, become she lands. Um, girl, we just, we just blessed out here. We, are, we have so many places to travel. From Akaswa, oh God,
2: can you overseas, ha- to never gonna say it Jersey.
0: Right. I'm, I'm going to say it to you when we done. And I go. know how to ride the train, too, because I was in New York. I don't have like to say that. <laughs> turnpike. Our next episode is
1: October 24th. She is a survivor. Um, on that episode, we will be joined by speaker, author, mentor, influencer, and advocate, Tonya McKenzie, um, discussing surviving PTSD and her book. Her story is amazing. Her book is called The Child's Memories of Cartoons and Murder, and so um, this is Nicole and Jess signing out,
2: become she, become free.